What up, Oasis Podcast? Yeah. Welcome back. We are glad to be here. We got another week for you, but we do have a little switch up. It's not quite like it normally is. Usually, you know, you got the Oasis staff. It's, it's of course, me, myself, Brennan. You got Ben. What up? And then you usually have Jaina, and she is the common sense. She, <laughs> she, she brings, keeps us grounded. Yeah. When she adds stuff, you it's know always, it's always it's good. It's always good. <laughs> when Ben and I speak, it's like, oh, there's like a 50% chance this either doesn't make sense. Super hit or miss. Or, or that's not helpful. But when Jaina speaks, it's like, you got to turn it up a little bit because it's probably super good. But she is doing uh, the Lord's work out at camp with the middle schoolers this week. So we miss her, but she's not here for the podcast. And we do have a fill-in. Special guest. This Someone is, probably just as great. This is our very first time with a guest. We it have never, ever never had a guest. We've had a lot of people we've wanted. We've hit Justin Bieber up multiple times. <laughs> he never said no. Let me say that. He never said no. But uh, So it's still out there. But we do have a special guest, and I'll let him introduce himself, so shoot it over to him. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Nathan. I'm the new children's pastor here at Grace Point. I'm excited to be here. Excited to jump in with these guys. Yeah. So good. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks Man, for joining us. If you don't know, we do a little bit of prep before the podcast because we don't want to walk in here and sound like a bunch of dummies. So we want to be on the same page of what we're going to say, a little bit more organized. And today we were talking about we're talking about marriage. You saw that in the title. And we were up there. Ben and I were just going to do it ourselves. And Nathan actually is a marriage expert as the yes. children's pastor. Expert on this topic. Yeah. So we were sitting there and he was across the room and he was kind of eavesdropping as you do in the loft because it's a public space. Uh, <laughs> And all of a sudden, the next thing we knew, he was in. He was in on the podcast. So, Nathan, why don't you just give us a little overview of your, your marriage experience and what you bring to the table here today? Yeah, so I've been married for a really long time, a solid two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, I just got married to my wife, Kira, just a couple weeks ago before moving out here to Brookings. And so, that's where all of my experience comes from. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Best Love two it. weeks ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That. Marriage is such a gift. Ben, ben glad you're ben, here. Give us an I, yeah. overview. Who are you and who are you married to? My name's Ben, uh, multiplication networking pastor at Grace Point Church. Just recently handed over my job to Brennan. Thought he was capable. He's going to crush it. Yeah, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> um, I've been married. I am technically entering and into my 12th year of marriage. I've been married for 11 years. It's been good. We got wow. three kids. It's awesome times. My name's Brennan. You guys know this. Uh, been married just over two years. Celebrated two years about two weeks ago. So Woo. almost, I think it was the day after. When did you get married? July 5th. Oh, JSK. I was the 12th, so a week <laughs> after you. But we have a couple of residents here who got married on the 11th. So I think that's pretty cool. They were just one day short of celebrating with me. But yep, two years, no kids, and excited about that. Excited about all the things married. <laughs> but okay, now here's where we want to start. We don't want to get too serious on you too quick. And to do that, I'm going to make these couple of gentlemen tell a story. And maybe I'll chime in if I, if I think of one. Uh, tell a story where we get to see a little bit of the dynamic of your relationship, but maybe also laugh a little bit. What, what's a funny marriage story you got? I can start. And most of my stories, if, if you've come to Oasis at all in the last two years, you've probably heard about me and Abby. So I'm just going to reshare one that I've shared before. And it happened to be on our wedding night. <laughs> and 11 this, years ago this is this is 11 plus years ago 11 years and one month ago uh the normal thing that happens on a wedding night is you consummate the marriage and we were looking forward to that and that was a really great time and a great moment for us but something i also was looking forward to if you, on our wedding wait night. i gotta if you don't know the word consummate we had sex 
Oh, that's what I, I was just going to say Google carefully. No, I just, but, I'll tell you. All right. It's sex. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Back to you, Ben. I mean, we don't need to beat around the bush. We talk, I talk, I did a 40 minute minute, a 40 minute message on sex. Yeah. People year. loved it. it. Well, I don't know about that, but they did. It happened. People still talk about anyway, it. Anyway, something else I was also looking forward to is I'm a cuddler. Like I, my number one love language is physical touch. And so like, I was looking forward to like experiencing cuddling with my new wife. And so we consummate and then it's we get ready for bed and i am getting ready like to cuddle my wife and so i go in and just go up there and cuddle her and she goes as soon as i put my arm around she goes what are you doing i'm we're, we're gonna cuddle right i look at her like we're gonna cuddle. She's like uh sure and we're 30 seconds in and she goes okay it's too much you're way too hot <laughs> and so <laughs> i'm basically rejected from a moment that i was really looking forward to also, two days later, she slapped me in the face and cut my cheek with her ring, which she now never wears her ring anymore while sleeping. So that was a thing. Marriage is all about learning. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. Nathan, good luck following that up. Yes. Uh, so uh, from my long experience being married, I have a funny story. Pretty. I'll go in another direction. So my wife and I, we went for a honeymoon out to Tennessee. And the thing about the two of us is I am a very super competitive person. Oh, okay. And so we went to this place in Tennessee where there's just a ton of go-karts. And so I love go-karts. And I think we learned a lot about each other riding the tandem go-karts. Oh. <laughs> there was one time I was driving, and then one time she was driving. When I was driving, I'm trying to make every turn as sharp as possible, <laughs> start in the back, see how many people I can pass. And I could you not, when she was driving, we're driving... And she is like just behind this other car and just trying to avoid passing them because she doesn't want to bump the yeah, go kart. Like she, she really doesn't want to touch anything else with her go kart. So she's driving pretty cautiously, and I finally convince her to make this pass, and then it was history. That's good. <laughs> That's so good. good. That when we on our honeymoon we went kayaking, and then we went again. This isn't my story because. This is just reminding me. We went kayaking, and we went out on this giant lake. And I don't know if you've ever kayaked on a big lake, but sometimes there can be, like, bigger little wave things. And we, I swear we were going to sink. It was so stressful <laughs> in our honeymoon. But my funny story is my wife, <clears throat> bless her heart, she, she is so sweet. And she has always had the dream of owning a dog. And I am not a dog person. We've talked about this on the podcast. I just, my hot take, dogs aren't worth it. You can send your emails to me later, yeah. but I just, it's I, not a good take. I'm just I just, that's are, how I we've feel. Already that's how this. I feel. And she knew that going into marriage. These are things you need to know about your, your significant other. How many kids are you going to have? Well, where do they see this? Some tell you 10 years. What's their opinion on dogs? Like you got to check those boxes. Mm-hmm. So she knew she committed to me knowing I don't like pets. However, one day she swears it was from the Lord. She swears like she, I think she truly believes this. She had a dream that she was the owner of this little king charles cavalier dog and if you need know what those are they're the ones with the really long ears like beauty or not beauty and the beast what's the lady in the tramp lady in the tramp like that she is a king charles cavalier and in the dream it was named beatrice and for the last year and a half <laughs> my wife has been convinced that one day i will buy her this king charles cavalier and she will name it beatrice so good and i don't That's know what great. to do you guys you guys can be praying for us praying for me but we'll see if i end up with a dog named beatrice so, I love it. <clears throat> okay. I, hope, I hope you do, for Allie's sake. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. But we do need to get to where we want to go. And to do that, I want to find out. I think people are always interested in when they're single or when they're reflecting on their marriage journey. 
where was the point in the relationship where you were pretty dang sure this was the one? This was the person you were going to marry? And like, what did that do to your relationship or to you? Yeah, I think there is something about the old saying of usually you find the person when you're not looking. Hmm. Like I think, and, and some of that in the Christian sense is this idea of like, how do you reorient, reorient like priority in midst of like potentially wanting to find a spouse? So a lot of times I think we wrestle, especially as young adults, we wrestle with this idea of like, okay, I really want to be married, but how do I wrestle with that with my identity in Christ and who I am? And am I searching for marriage and that relationship and that spouse to fulfill something within me that only Jesus can actually fulfill? Yeah. And so that's that idea of like, you don't really... You find it when you're not looking for it. Like when you become secure in who you are in Christ, I think that's where God just kind of does a work that's really, really beautiful. That's cool. For us, me and Abby have this long story that I cannot go into because it's going to make everything way too long. (laughs) But I technically knew she was going to be the one, from my perspective, because she could have said no, because it has to be mutual. Yeah, yeah. Successful. Correct. And so, like, for for my end, like, we had this whole history of, like, six months of stuff that had happened, and, and I've tried to pursue her once, and it didn't work out, and then I was trying to pursue her again, and blah, blah, blah. The moment that she told me back that I could officially now pursue her and we could start maybe entering entering the process of dating and seeing, okay, can we get married? At that, that moment, I knew, okay, I'm going to marry this gal. So before we technically were dating, before we put title of boyfriend and girlfriend on it, we ended up dating for nine months, being engaged for nine months married. So I knew at the moment she, she basically gave me permission to pursue her again. Hmm, wow. I knew at that moment, just because of our history, I was like, all right, this is it. So then what that change for you? I like- just I, I think in general... I had entered into the first time trying to pursue her, not really ready for like, okay, I'm entering into a relationship, actually wanting to get married. Mm-hmm. At this moment, it was no, like I'm committed. Now, whether she reciprocates and, and, and she thinks I'm the right person for her, is like, I'm going to do everything I can right now mm-hmm. to pursue her and be intentional in a way to see, okay, like I think I'm going to marry her and I want to marry her based off what I know about her right now. Mm-hmm. Everything else from this point on is, unless there's a huge red flag, I'm just going to serve and love the crap out of her. If she says yes, great. There you go. Nathan, what do you think? When did you know and what did that do to you? Yeah, so I I say I kind of knew about the four-month period. So we'd been dating for like four months and um, it was one night. I think it was, I think it was, might have been Sunday night. can't remember what day it was. But I was, she was on campus. We were at Indiana Wesleyan University in Indiana. She was on campus and I lived in this rental house off campus. And I could do not. There was one night and um, we'd been hanging out together. Um, then we'd gone home back to our separate establishments, and I was climbing into bed, um, ready to go to sleep, and she calls me, and she's just crying, and um, I run back over to campus, and she's just kind of bawling her eyes out, and I'm just kind of like, it was this first time where I'm like, I'm this supposed to be this big comforter. I can just see her heart um, behind, like, why she was crying and, like, what had gone on. It was just like, it clicked for me. I was like, this this girl cares so much um, about people and other things, not just about me, but people in general. Um, and that just really showed. And I think kind of what it changed, um, like we entered into it with this this idea of marriage in mind, but it was more of kind of what you were talking about a second ago is it was like, at this point, we've seen enough. There's not those big, yeah. huge red flags. We yeah. can pretty much work through um, anything because of... I loved her heart and her just passion for people yeah, and serving good. Jesus. That's awesome. I love that. Two very different stories. And I'm like a little bit in the middle. I mean, for me, I actually knew 
before we started dating, mm. like when we were just kind of like the thing, you know, we were talking, we were just hanging out. I knew, but I would have never put marriage lang- language to it. For sure. Because like when I first was like pursuing Allie and we started dating, I was I was still pretty worldly. Like I wasn't that deep into my relationship with Jesus. Like I was falling in love with Jesus. I was working to a place where I was totally yeah. surrendered to who he was and letting him change my life. But I wasn't there yet. Yeah. So I knew there was something different about her and our relationship. And I put <laughs> when I asked her out, I said, I don't really know. Uh, this is not exactly what I said, but along the same lines, like I don't really know how to do all of this, but I know I want to do it because I want it to last as long as possible. Because at that point, I hadn't really ever dated someone that serious. So I knew there was something different about it. I wouldn't have called it marriage language until I was a couple years older, until yeah. I was really starting to learn what it looked like to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to see marriage as it. But Okay. Boom. Now... Now we're on to what, what's the purpose of marriage? So what is, why did you get married as well as what is the Bible teaching us that the three of us sit in this room and we decided we were going to pursue this? Yeah, so I could handle my passion. <laughs> First Corinthians 7, people. Just kidding. Uh, in reality, sorry, um, there was something, so for, uh, personally, I'll just go in, and I'd like to share before we get to the biblical foundation yeah. to what we think God has designed marriage to be. Mm-hmm. Personally, there was a reality and there was something about, as I'm pursuing Jesus, there was moments and things in my life I knew like he was working on, right? And as I was, and you guys heard us use this analogy, as I was running the race of faith, Mm -hmm. it was, I looked over and the race I was running, I saw this gal who was named Abby running that same race. And I saw her passion for Jesus. And I saw someone who not only I wanted to live my, like, faith life with but also who i saw based off of our years of just friendship and interaction someone who could help me continue to be like the son of god who he created me to be who's going to challenge me who's not going to be afraid to push in and so like that's why i got married specifically to abby but in general it's i love the way tim keller puts it it's marriage is a relationship and a covenant of two spiritual people entering to that covenant in that relationship to help each other become the people god created them to be And it's like, that's what I saw. And mm-hmm. that was a really cool moment. You don't need to be married. It's not necessary. Relationship is necessary. Community is necessary. But for me, there was something about that idea. And honestly, it was there was a passion inside of me that I think was God-given about, I wanted to be a husband. I yeah. wanted to be a dad. And I think that was just there. I think I wanted to see and be a part of a family that was not completely like, didn't have everything perfectly together, but to be a part of a family raising up in a home where we knew and loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. To raise a kids up in a home where... Like, I wanted to have a relationship with someone in a marriage with someone where we really love Jesus and we're for each other. Mm-hmm. It, for me, I, I would probably say part of it was even just like, I felt like I found a best friend. Yeah. There was a, this depth of relationship that I hadn't had with anyone else ever in life. And where it was pointing was to this thing of marriage. So there wasn't really other options on the table. I knew I wasn't dating there for much longer. So it was it was to this point where... I pursued marriage. The reason I got married was because I knew she was the one in the fact that I I had all those boxes checked. I knew all those things. She was my best friend and I knew we could do it. So then it was just coming to that point of making that decision and making that commitment. And then all that stuff you said is, I mean, things we've heard before, but is there anything that you add different or? Yeah. So when I think about like the purpose of marriage, um, Pastor Aaron was talking about a little bit on Sunday, we were jumping Sunday morning, we was jumping into this Pillars of Faith series, this idea of the Trinity. And so really 
was walking through like our premarital counselor and we were talking about how marriage is the idea like we reflect the trinity through that relationship so and we're both pursuing god with everything we got and as that's happening we're coming closer together and so like that purpose of like it's not this thing like marriage isn't something to receive but something to pour into and like my main purpose of marriage is how can i make kira be more yeah. like Jesus yeah. with everything I got and moving her in that direction. And through that, we grow closer together. We grow closer to to God and just that kind of level of relationship. Yep. That's perfect. That's, That's awesome. Good. Okay, Ben, hit us with, hit, hit yeah, us with I mean, the Bible. Just super simple. Uh, we have biblical foundations, and, and we start right away automatically in Genesis. And so you have this beautiful creation story in Genesis 1, and he comes to the culmination of creating man, creating human. Let's let us make them into our image. And in verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Uh, it goes in a couple of verses. He's going to give them every seed bearing fruit. And at the very end in 31, he says, God saw it. What do you mean? It was very good. Mm-hmm. So he created human, created man and saw, and it was really good. Gave man a purpose, gave him a uh, priority over earth uh, to be able to shepherd well and steward well the rest of creation that, that God had made. And then jumping into Genesis 2, starting verse 18, it says, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so all of a sudden, marriage, first and foremost, is something that was created and instituted by God because he recognized that man was not meant to be alone. So it says, not meant to be alone. I will make a, a helper suitable for him. It says, for Adam had no suitable helper. So the Lord God caused a man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed him in place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Then 24 says, that is why man leaves his father and mother, is united to his wife, they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So in that, what we have, marriage first and foremost created and instituted by God. Second, the model of marriage is expressed in this verse, in this Old Testament verse of Genesis 2. That's the like what it is. But then you get this beautiful picture and image in Ephesians, uh, even how we're supposed to treat each other relationally. And what Paul talks about in Ephesians, this idea of, and even how Jesus talks about marriage, this idea of us being able to reflect like the marriage relationship of man and wife, of husband and, and wife to reflect Christ in the church and how they treat each other and respect each other and love each other. Um, marriage is in the relational context bent for incredible unity and connection. So this idea in verse 24, it says a man leaves his father and mother's united to his wife. With that in marriage, it comes a point of where man is mature enough to be able to actually be ready to be enter into a lifelong commitment to another person, to leave father and mother, and then to be united to his wife. This idea of uniting is, yes, you're building a new family. You're leaving the family that you once knew. It's We like to use the language of you're united in a moment, but also entering into the process of becoming united throughout life. It's like it's, it's like the sanctification talk you just heard about. It's, it's yeah. two different things that you are united and becoming united. It's both it's both in a moment and progressive. And then finally, so there's continuous process of unity. And then the last thing in Genesis 2.25 says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. The marriage covenant and the marriage relationship is one of a deep sense of knowing and being known. And it's not mm. just in physically in intimacy because intimacy is not just physical and sexual. Mm. It's emotional. It's spiritual. And so that's, you get this idea of, and that's very simple, simple language. Um, and I could go probably another 20 minutes on, I'd love to talk about Azer, but we won't get uh. there. Uh, look it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look what, yeah, yeah. look up what help, help helper actually means in the Hebrew. Yeah. 
And it's also, beautiful. if you're ever coming over to Ben's house, make sure you call first because apparently him and his wife just be walking around naked no, all the time. No, just me. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> I feel no shame. <laughs> Nobody in Ben's family wears clothes because it's they just, listen. Genesis two, man. Our marriage known. I want to be known and be known. I don't get why we're wearing all these clothes nowadays. <laughs> just trying to be known, you know. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, you guys. You guys want to do the the good one first or the bad one first for? This next set, I always go bad first. You yeah. always go bad I first. Top. Okay, we'll go. We'll go bad <laughs> you first. Go, you have to go bad first. Okay, I want to ask what the best and the hardest, because not the worst. It's the hardest part of marriage. So these gentlemen want to do the negative side first. <laughs> so therefore, I'll do it. Um, the hardest part of marriage. This one's. This one's really easy for me to answer. It's what happens in my own head, mm. without mm. a doubt, beyond anything else. No situation, hmm. no part of our relationship, nothing comes close to the battle I have in my own head when it comes to marriage. Hmm. And I had no idea that that's what it would be prior to it. Yeah. No amount of premarital counseling, no amount of um, conversations, no amount of depth of relationship with her would have prepared me for it. I think it's just how I'm wired. I've talked about this before, but I am always thinking 100% of the time constantly. I, my mind never turns off. I'm a processor always like... There's nothing, there's never a time I'm not thinking about something. So when I came into marriage, I never thought that would translate to our relationship and the things we, and the people we were, the things we walked through, but it does constantly. So at, when Paul talks about taking thoughts captive, when Paul talks about transforming your mind, none of that speaks more clearly to me than in marriage, because I am constantly battling negative thoughts of what she thinks of mm, me why she did that thing why she yeah. acted that way why she chose that made that decision and vice versa why did i make that decision why did i say that thing why did i why don't i feel that why does she feel that yeah. like all of those different things you experience you have to process them through your mind yeah. and for me it's just it's such a battle to make sure i'm choosing because that's what i get to do i'm choosing that which is life i'm choosing that which glorifies god which glorifies her and gives her the benefit of the doubt that shows her love because if i'm not i can walk very quickly down a train where she didn't do the dishes and she didn't do the dishes because Because she doesn't respect me and she doesn't respect me because she doesn't love me and she doesn't love me so this is never going to work and this is never going to work so why are we even trying like Mm. you probably hear that and think it's crazy that happens in a split second in my mind Mm. in a split second i can go from a place of complete joy to just like so such bitterness yeah. if i will let myself go there and marriage brought that out of me like none other and it, it heightens it oh yeah, for because sure. it happens in relationships but it tends to heighten so like what has helped you i have well, to, let's give some people advice let's yeah, help, yeah no i mean le- legit taking the thoughts captive when i mm-hmm. feel something so wanting to drag me down a negative path i have to take a moment to stop to pray to get strength from the Good. spirit because on my own I I am lost in it like I will not be able to fight this for the rest of my life on my own but God is transforming me He's leading me to a place where I can do that so yeah I I need to be really intentional not to walk that out the same thing helps me in my anxiety like if I'm able to stop thoughts before they get to a place of really wrecking me like that helps so much memorizing scripture reciting that looking back I think also helps me this is probably the last thing I'll say looking back when I when I'm struggling with a moment of like, okay, why did this happen or why do I feel this way? Reflecting on a moment where I felt differently. So like what was different in that moment that helped me and making the connection 
like empathetically, like making the connection emotionally between two different scenarios. So it's like, where am I in this scenario to help me lead me to a Mm. place where I felt that in a different scenario? So yeah, experience and it's gotten so much better. I mean, I can't even imagine if it wouldn't have, it would have been so hard, but yeah, I still got a long ways to go. I can jump in. Yeah. So I think the hardest part is this idea of like stained glass window of like how Kira and I, we both see the world completely different like our perspectives our background so good our life and it's come out in some of the even the small things like the way um we were cooking the other night and just the different way that like oh i think we're supposed to make homemade pizza this way and she thinks oh we're supposed to do it this way and it's just like we've both done it this way like our entire lives that's how our parents raised us that's how we did it in our homes and then it's like I get really impatient really fast because I'm like I was I've always done it this way so like what 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 are you doing you're doing yeah. it wrong yeah and so it's just this reminder of like I got to stop and just think about that whole concept of a stained glass window as like I'm seeing the world completely different than her and just rem- reminding myself of that and like walking her through into that instead of reacting out of impatience and like no stop we got to do this in this most efficient quickest way possible stopping and thinking like okay. Tell me how you do it. Like, let's show me, like, why you do it this way, how you do it this way. And so just leaning into that. Taking that learner posture is so good. Yep. Okay. Yeah, for us, I think easily the hardest thing has been the unrealistic and unspoken expectations that we both, one, brought into marriage and then that we continually have throughout the relationship. So it's it's it, coming into marriage is like man I have an expectation that we're gonna have sex a ton yeah. I did yeah. like I had that expectation and it was unrealistic and it was unspoken so when it was unspoken one unrealistic is never gonna be met mm-hmm. and then unspoken is this reality where it's then all of a sudden I have resentment towards either her or even myself and then all of a sudden we're not talking and what has ha- what happened at the beginning of our relationship for sure and what happens when we enter into conflict that's really 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 bad is those unspoken expectations and but it, whether even if they're realistic if they're still unspoken the other person doesn't know mm-hmm. and so it's uh, that means then there's a bad lack of communication which ultimately inevitably leads to conflict which not all conflict is bad and so we had that and then what happened is when we entered into conflict we didn't know how to do it mm-hmm. like i just had learned so much of how to do conflict in a really negative unhealthy way and so for us the hardest part has been trying to navigate that mm-hmm. so being clear in our communication expectation of what we think in a moment, in a day, in a week. Yes, for our, our big picture goals and dreams of marriage, but also in the day-to-day life, even as we are trying to parent together. And then being okay with entering into the conflict when the communication wasn't well yeah. or good. And then, yeah, figuring it out. And I, I love that you use that example because <laughs> I, I hear so consistently people when they date or when they're looking for a spouse, they want to have all these answers and have all these things figured out before they get married. So... One thing someone told me, like, Allie and I had never been in, like, a big fight. So, like, well, like, how are you going to know, like, who does conflict and how you do conflict? But, so, and we never did before we got married. But now in it, like, when you have that conflict, you get to learn together. that You're already cemented in that relationship. You already have that trust. So, you don't always have to learn everything outside of marriage before you get in it. Because when you get in it, you're forced to learn it because there's nowhere else to go. Like, you have (laughs) to, you have to figure it out. But it also has this sense of trust and like mutual benef- benefit for both people yeah. that they're spurs on learning and growing together. So that's super good. Flip the script. What is the best part of marriage? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. And, and I, there's literally... You're going to say it, aren't you? N- no, I actually am not. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it's not. It's great, but it's actually not the best. There is something, and, and 
I'll go to this every time. And it's the reason I think, man, me and Abby have gone through some really tough moments in marriage, both individually us trying to fight through stuff and then together as a couple where knowing that this person, no matter what, has my back, the loyalty, which comes back to understanding and recognizing the covenant and commitment made on that day, like that won't be shaken. And knowing that that's been the best part is even when I fail miserably, because I have, she's for me and still loves me. There's moments I can tell you right now she doesn't like me. Like there have been moments. But man, to know that she is always has my back, the loyalty behind it, the the fact that we're both committed to that covenant has been the best part Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Nathan, in the last 20 days, what do you think? What's the best part? Yeah, I think for me, what's really stood out is, you know, the word love gets thrown around a ton and like... um, you know, we were saying it while we were dating, while we were engaged, that whole process. And then realize getting into marriage and how it continues to grow and deepen. And it's almost like we were talking about the other day of like looking to like, is there a stronger, a stronger word? Um, mm. Because it's like we'd taken another step. Like I love her in a way that's different from when we were dating, from when we were engaged. And like now that we're married, what that love looks like and just how it looks like this life together like while you're dating it's kind of you're in this process of figuring out like are they the right person for me am i the, am i the right person for them those kinds of things and then you're in this and it's you're doing this life together and really realizing it gets to another level of love of like even when you're fighting like even when we have disagreements like there's a level of love and trust that like oh i can i can say this um in a way that encourages you or we can push back and have disagreements but also it's out of love and it's this idea of like i heard this definition one time of what love is and it's like fighting for the greatest good in another and so realizing like everything i want to do in marriage is done of like i want to make life better for her make her a better person and it has gone to another level than where we were at when we were dating yeah that's super good for me i'd definitely say like there is an aspect of friendship in marriage Mm -hmm. that is unlike anything else so i'm in a season of transition a couple of my friends moved away so if you guys are listening shout out um and and brookings is just kind of an odd place when you become a young adult a lot of people move and leave here because we're a college town and i just take such comfort knowing my best friend will never leave i mean unless she passes away which would be so sad (laughs) i would be okay but it would be really sad. <laughs> um, but my best friend's never leaving. You know, like I will always have the yes. greatest friend I've always, like yep. I've ever met right grows. by my side. And it yeah. grows yeah. and it changes. So and good. But like when I come home at the end of the day, like I get to hang out with the person I love. Yeah. Like I get to, when I wake up in the morning, like when I'm eating breakfast or doing that, not always is it the greatest friendship. You know, we're not always like buddy, buddy, laugh jokes all the time. But I don't know. There's something about the friendship, the the togetherness, the community aspect the relational side of marriage that to me is just the best part. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. There's like a realness and intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. We, we got a couple other things here on the, but I got, I want to ask this question to Ben and then we're probably just going to jump right here to the end. So how did kids change marriage for you? It made it harder. (laughs) (laughs) No, just because we, we continually remind ourselves that the priority in our relationships is Jesus, right? And then each other. Mm-hmm. And then our kids. And for me, that's easier because they didn't come out of my vagina. Oh. And I'll say it. That's just the reality. I don't care. Sure. I, that's the reality. There is a connection that Abby has with and that moms have with kids. That's so beautiful. It just is. It's different than uh, uh, the dad. And that's not bad. It's not worse. It's not better. It's different. Mm-hmm. And so 
the hardest part has been how do we continually just be intentional with one another to continue to date each other, to continue yeah. to prioritize each other while still prioritizing our kids. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's just super, super real and super good. And so it's, again, I, I'll always go back to the covenant aspect of it. And this is just the most important aspect in my mind, or one of the most important aspects or things about marriage is the lifelong commitment to one another. Mm-hmm. It's that light, like we are partners in everything. So we were partners already in our marriage and our relationship and our faith. And now we're partners just when we have kids. And it's been really, really great and beautiful and really hard <laughs> at moments. I, I think a lot of people are going to be stumbled by the fact that you said your wife comes before your kids. Maybe they haven't heard that before. Where does that idea come from? <sighs> the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, it is. I, couldn't, I can't actually point to the verse to you. It is there. Give me a second. Unless you know it off the top of your head. No, I don't know it off the top of my head. But I remember when I heard it for the first time, I was like a little flabbergasted where the the Christian church will say so adamantly, like, you are to love your spouse more and more importantly, like, first, they are their first priority over your kids. And one, I, I was shook by it because, like, I think it's it can kind of, it can quickly be confused in the language that that means you love your kids less. Um so that's that is not at all what they're teaching. They're teaching that the priority is your wife, the priority is your husband, and that doesn't affect the way you love your kids. It it should show them just how much you love them by how much you love yeah. your wife. Uh but yeah, and I also think it's backwards for how our culture does it. I think our culture consistently loves the kids more, they they serve the kids more, they point their lives are turned around and invested back in the kids, the way we do sports, the way we do clubs, the way we do school, like all of that and we neglect the marriage covenant, so that both of those made it very jarring for me. I think it goes back to the covenant aspect of why God created marriage. Mm. Like, I entered into a choice covenant relationship to enter into that relationship with my wife, so I left my family to be united to her. And then we had kids, so we still love our kids, right? But it's different. The way that Paul talks about husbands loving your wives as much as Christ loved the church, he doesn't give that same imagery for fathers and sons or mothers and daughters. He gives it for the wife and the husband. Um, I think that's an aspect of it for sure. Yeah, that's good. Okay, here here we'll end right here with the podcast. What is a piece of advice? Um, what is or the best piece of advice, the most important piece? Of, I don't know. You you pick yeah. whatever you want to say. But what, what, was, what would be something you tell the people who are married slash looking to be married? I would say never stop asking questions. Hmm. Um, like just this mindset that you're always a learner. Like I'm always getting to know Kira more and more and like never getting to this point where like, oh, I think I have her figured out. Oh, I think she wants this. Oh, I think she's thinking this. Like always continuing to ask questions and let her speak into that rather than me just trying to think I know or kind of make my own guesses and just bring in that communication hmm. piece. Yeah. That's awesome. That is such good advice. I've that's never. Really I don't think I've yeah. ever heard it said like that. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome. Here, I'll, I'll ask one question off of your question. Where do you draw your questions from? You know, like at some point, you guys have only been married a little bit, but at some point, it's like, man, I feel like I've asked all these questions. Like I feel like I know all these things. Where do you come back to, or where will you think you'll come back to finding more questions or fresh questions or revamping old? You know. Yeah, so I think it's asking questions that can be re-asked. Like, one of my favorite questions that we started asking when we were dating was, um, what's something I don't know about you? Hmm. And that just led to so many conversations. Sometimes we took it in a direction um, that was pretty serious, like, this is, like, a past struggle of mine. Or we took it into, like, you know, like, an embarrassing story or something like that. And it's just so many things of, like, again, like, there was so much that happened in our lives before we knew each other. 
but then it's also asking those continual questions of like okay what what challenges are you facing right now like what what's what's god teaching you those kinds of things will hopefully always be taking place and always lead to other conversations where you begin to see um, more of their heart, more of their mindset, more of where they're coming from. And that just continues to grow my understanding of, okay, this is where she's at. This is her thought process. This is where her heart is. This is where she's struggling. And it also just helps the two of us like be on this level of like, we're continuing to do life and like never again, getting to this point where we think we've got each other figured out yeah that's good that's really good that's so good yeah what do you think remember love's a choice and that Mm -hmm. that i mean for us that's what it is and so that helps me recognize and know it's intentionality goes back to again the covenant aspect Mm -hmm. of it it's it's for me that's one of the one of the most important i think there's a lot of things that have been really good about advice there's a lot of different yeah advice i've been given that's really great but yeah remembering that love's a choice Mm -hmm. and i remember you told me and I hear I'll, I'll steal yours. I don't know if I'd use this as mine. We'll see if when I end it, I want to use that. But you told me the most important thing in the marriage is the covenant. Um, and I don't know if I'd heard that necessarily before. I understood that idea. But when you look back at your wedding vows, when you look at that day, the the covenant you, you take, the covenant, the promise you make to that person, the, the agreement you seal with your with the kiss or the signing of the paper or whatever, you, or the declaration of the pastor, when you seal that, that becomes the most important thing in your marriage and you must always commit to that so in the so that what that helped me to is like when you think about it like everything else if it's going to swirl around that needs to take shape in light of that so you're in conflict like you're going to resol- like resolve conflict because of the covenant yeah. like you it's if you're choosing each other consistently if you're coming back to that idea if the commitment is the most important piece to you like the love will follow that cuz it has to like you have to form love to keep that commitment so yeah that's really good and that's where you got like your traditional marriage vows like for better for worse for richer for poor all those things they're again branched out of that love is a choice yeah. like love is not easy and like with this covenant you're stepping into yeah. this really this selflessness of like she is yep. higher on the priority list than I am in my own mm-hmm. self yeah. and this really realizing okay what does it look like to rid myself of this selfishness because in marriage like I've learned that in the last two and a half weeks again with like this patience thing of like <laughs> my thought press more than I would have wanted to admit goes to okay I want to do what's best for me and so continuing to step into what is that selflessness yeah, which is why i marriage. love when couples pick first corinthians 13 because you're not recognizing like the way the bible defines what love is is hard mm-hmm. which is why we need jesus yeah. like the gospel has to be at the center of the marriage covenant i am going to shoot a second one because I, this has also been probably the the greatest thing i've learned in marriage and, and nathan said it a little bit and ben said it a little bit but you are two different people um <laughs> no you're wired different you think different you process different what gives you rest is different what you enjoy is different and that can take a lot of work in marriage so even when nathan asked the question and he said oh, or he says the thing you got to keep asking questions for me that's really easy for my wife that can be really hard yeah she is a slower processor than me she is smarter than me but she is a slower processor so i could ask her a question like say tell me something about yourself it may take her a couple hours to figure out something that she really wants to tell yep. me. Like for me, you could say that I'm going to spit something at you. It could be really dumb, yep. but I'm going to spit it at you really quick. Cause that's just how I kind of process. So that and like introvert extrovert stuff is so important when you get into styles communication and styles, yeah. love language stuff. Yeah. Like you could think you're loving the absolute garbage out of your, 
your spouse. You think you, you're serving them. You're, you're doing everything you possibly can, but it's not their love language and all this, and they're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm doing everything I can. So like all those things, it's how do you best learn the other person? How do you best learn yourself? Yeah. Like if you don't know yourself, you can't really learn the other person because you don't know what you need. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been super important. So, and forgiveness. Forgiveness. We'll just add that at the end. Yeah, that is good. That's I mean, nice. I think, who was it? Is Graham, Billy Graham. He's, uh, his wife said the reason that they've been able to be married as long as they have, he said the best, one of the best marriages and best, like, yeah, couples when they stay together, it's two of the best forgivers being able to live life together. Mm. That's good. Like, that is good. good. And the best gift you can give to your kids is a healthy biblical marriage. Shout out, Billy. That's Steve Norby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for sticking with us. I hope you learned something about marriage. If you want to get married one day, you can contact Ben. He'll do your wedding. Nah, hey, hey, not, listen, I can do your wedding, but so can Nathan, and so can Gina, and in six months, so can Brennan. Yeah, we're all, we're all getting there. So if you need someone to do your wedding, uh, we'll, we'll maybe walk through it with you. Go ahead and contact the church. But otherwise, we love you. We'll see you later, and uh, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>